From WGN-TV in Chicago, this is Better Off Balanced, a mental health and wellness podcast that offers ways to cope with whatever life throws at you. I'm Sarah Jindra. Thanks for joining us. Now, we all have a routine, but sometimes that routine can get a little too routine, and you know, something may need to change. But what changes? What do we need to do? We need to try something new, but a lot of times you may think, why bother? Well, Sandy Cohen answered those questions for herself. She was an entertainment reporter until she realized she needed a change, something new. Sandy, thank you so much for joining us. I'm so delighted. Thank you for having me. Yeah, so you changed from entertainment reporter to writer, health and wellness coach, podcast host. How big was this change for you? It was massive. It was really massive. I was terrified to leave my position as an entertainment reporter. I'd obviously worked so hard to achieve that, and you know what the journalism landscape is like. So it was a big change, but... On the other side of it, it's so much better. I feel much happier. So when we say entertainment reporter, you were not the person going to kids' plays. Talk about how intense this job was, who you were actually talking to. Oh, I was talking, like, you name it, I talked to him. Uh, One (laughs) year, I was shoulder to shoulder with Oprah backstage at the Oscars watching the best picture category be presented. Um, So I was an entertainment reporter for the Associated Press for more than a dozen years. And I live in Los Angeles. So this was all the big stars. This was all the big movies, the big award shows, the Grammys, the Emmys, the Oscars, the Golden Globes. And any any big talent that you can think of between you know 2005 and 2018 were the ones who I interviewed. I also covered court cases, like when Britney Spears was getting in trouble, when oh. Lindsay Lohan was getting in trouble, when Mel Gibson was getting in trouble. Um, but I sat you know side by side with many of our favorite our favorite folks. So it was a super glamorous job. I used to get dressed up all the time and go to the award shows, but it was also high pressure, right? Because there's Entertainment coverage is really profitable for the AP and for other agencies. And so it's competitive. They want you to break news. They want you to be out first, and not only out first, but out accurately. And so it was a demanding job. And I'm also the type of type A person who really wanted to be successful, really wanted to do well. So I gave a lot, a lot of energy to reading about these folks when I wasn't work, you know, or, or watching entertainment tonight and reading all the uh, weekly entertainment magazine. So it was intense, but there was a, definitely a lot of shine to it. So I do the traffic reports here at WGN in Chicago and I fly in the helicopter and that's like the party topic, right? When I go out, everyone's always like, how is it flying in the helicopter? And I think it kind of becomes a part of your identity um, of who you are. So I imagine in your life, it was always, who is the craziest celebrity? Who is the best celebrity you interviewed? So I'm just curious how that changed. When you changed jobs, did you feel like you lost a part of your identity with that? Or did you feel like it was kind of just a natural progression of what you what you became? I feel like it was kind of both. I mean, early on in the job, I saw how consuming it was, or, you know, that, yeah, that it was, that it could be and was. So early on, I thought I better be sure that I still know who I am out, outside of this job. So I had tried to shore up my identity beyond the job. But yes, exactly as you say, like when I would go places and tell people what I did, they'd be like, wow, you have a dream job. And yeah, who's the biggest <laughs> jerk and who's the nicest? And wait, so stop. Really tell, us, Oscars? tell us the craziest celebrity story <laughs> while we're talking about it. Who's the craziest celebrity story? Well, I mean, I don't want to say anything. <laughs> 
want to say anything that's not not kind. So how is it though when you go from that world of glamour that everybody kind of looks at with the with the googly eyes, right? Like, oh my gosh, that's so cool. What made you want to step away from that? And I know there's there's more to it, and I'm hoping you can kind of delve into that. Sure. Yeah. Well, there was a few things. I mean, this work was really demanding, as I mentioned before. And so I didn't have a lot of balance in my life. Like I didn't have time to see my parents or exercise or date or like get enough sleep. So it was very demanding on me personally. And I kept thinking that eventually I'll get to a point that this is, you know, that I got this dialed in and then it won't be so hard. And that point just kept on, you know, I guess I was kicking it down the road. That point wasn't arriving. Mm -hmm. Um, so that, that was a big challenge. I started to feel I was having health problems. I was feeling very anxious. I started to drink more wine. And so I had some unhealthy situations arising. So that got my attention and I tried to set better boundaries. I tried to make limits to, okay, I'm not going to answer my phone after hours. I'm not going to respond to email after hours, but in a breaking news situation, you don't always have that choice. Absolutely, I mean, if someone yeah. calls you, yeah. And someone's been arrested or someone's passed away. Like you need to jump on it. You're the AP, right? Right. So, so that, that kind of started to get to me. And then what happened was I remember I was driving to work one day. So the office is downtown and I was driving to work. And I remember thinking, is this what I'm going to do? Like I, I was in my mid forties and I thought I have to work for another 20 years. Like how can I be doing this? Like I'm, I'm not going to make it. I just felt like, I felt like my health was really suffering. And I also felt like it was the job itself for as glamorous and fun as it was. It felt like it was, not totally, this sounds like a little airy fairy, but it's, it was just not totally aligned with who I am. Like mm -hmm. I like entertainment as much as the next person. Like I love to go to the movies and have popcorn. I haven't done that in two years, but, but <laughs> entertainment wasn't the be all end all for me. And yet this job was taking everything I had was taking family time, was taking rest, was taking what felt like my mental well being, And, and it just seemed like it was going to be unsustainable. And yet I was so reluctant to leave because whenever I would tell anybody about my job, they would say, well, that sounds so awesome. And wow, you're so lucky. And, and so I questioned myself, like, but why don't I feel that way? Like, why don't I love this? So, so ultimately it was that looking at my long trajectory, like if I have to work another 20 years, I won't make it doing this. Like, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to fall apart. I felt like I was going to fall apart and I kind of was falling apart. Like I would cry after work a lot of times and like that just, that doesn't seem right. So you made a huge change. Um, and I want to talk about the change that you made into health and wellness coaching and how you got there. But first, if you could talk about the six dimensions of wellness, I heard you mention this on one of your podcasts, because just for people who may not be needing to make the change career wise, like you, um, they may have other reasons. Can you talk about those six dimensions? And then I want to get back to uh, how you made their change as well. Oh, yeah, absolutely. This is one of my favorite things that I learned about in the health coaching program. I went to the University of Wisconsin Stevens Point for health coaching. And I love learning about these six dimensions of wellness, which I think are really handy, regardless of where you are in your life, because it's creating a balance in your life. So what are the six dimensions? So the six dimensions of wellness are occupational. Yes. That's your job, right? Right, right? Whether you feel fulfilled at your job, whether you feel fairly compensated for the work that you're doing, and whether you feel like you're making a contribution. Physical wellness is our bodies, whether we're getting enough sleep, whether we're eating properly, exercising, keeping healthy in our bodies, whether we're sick 
um, social is our connections with our community, with our friends and family, how, how connected we feel. And actually social is probably one of the most important because science has shown that the people who are happiest in terms of their, like throughout their lives, throughout their lifespan are the ones who have tight social connections. Intellectual is about whether we feel stimulated, whether we're continuing to learn, whether we're getting outside of our comfort zone in terms of our intellectual curiosity. Emotional, how do we deal with our emotions? How can we express ourselves? Can we feel different emotions? Do we just have anger or do we have the right. whole spectrum? And spiritual, which is a feeling of being connected to something larger than yourself, a feeling of being connected to your own values, to your own deeply held beliefs. Um, so those are the six dimensions, emotional, spiritual, intellectual, social, physical, and occupational. And you can imagine that if one of those is out of whack, but the other five are a little more stable, then mm -hmm. that can kind of help you, you know, then you've got some wiggle room to work on the one that's out of whack while, while having a little bit more sort of grace and stability within the rest of your life. I think listening to that, I think one of the uh, main ones that so many people struggle with is the physical, is the, you know, I tried to go on a diet, I tried to do this, and it didn't work again. Um, you get in this rut sometimes, and I speak from experience too, like we've, I feel like we've all been there. I work the, a job where I'm up at two o'clock in the morning, and I'm just constantly tired, and I tell myself tomorrow, I'm going to wake up. And I'm going to go out and I'm going to go for a run. <laughs> I'm going to eat a salad. And then you get home and you're so tired and your kids are screaming. And you, the last thing you want to do is go work out. But you know in your heart of hearts, that's what's going to make you feel better. How do you, can, how do you just make your brain say, go do it? <laughs> yeah, that's such a hard question. I mean, for me, the answer has actually been in prioritizing sleep, yeah, which I okay. know is hard to do it's if so you have to hard, be yes. up at 2 a.m. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and it's hard for all of us. Our culture is one that values productivity above all. And, you yeah, know, sleep yeah. is for the lazy and I'll sleep when I'm dead and all that <laughs> kind of stuff. But for me, getting more sleep has made me um, like more patient when uh -huh. things do go off the rails and a lot more energized. I don't know how we make our brains do it other than <laughs> com committing to it and sort of recognizing the rewards that it will bring. And then, yeah. and then letting that be the incentive to, to go for it. Right. And, and to make it tiny, like start with tiny changes, go to bed 10 minutes earlier, and then you could build on that or, you know, walk around the block. This is what I'm always telling my dad, like just yeah. walk around the block. You don't have to run a marathon, right. walk around the block. <laughs> you need to prioritize sleep above all, right? Like that's what it sounds like. I mean, if you're not, if you're not getting the base, then how do you perform the rest of the day? Is that what you're saying? That's what I think. And also yeah. just like your temper, you know, it's easier to get annoyed when you're tired. Right. You'll have more energy when you're well rested. I mean, it's actually like so good for your brain and body while you're sleeping is when your muscles repair themselves while you're sleeping is when your brain sort of washes away metabolic debris that can otherwise lead to dementia and cognitive decline. So sleep is I was just saying recently, sleep is as essential as oxygen. It's not something optional that we can just 
be like, you know, I'd rather watch the show or I'd rather get one more thing done on my to-do list. Like it's really, for me, has been essential and, and biologically it's essential. It was so important during COVID when many of us were quarantining at home. I think we finally realized how important that really was when you didn't have that and people were setting up Zoom meetings with other people just to try to get some of that connection. And then you realize I really do need that in my life. It's so critical. I mean, there's this long-term study that's been done out of Harvard where they followed volunteers for 75 years. It might be up to 90 years now, like for a really long time through their whole lifespan. And the people who did the best, it wasn't the people who made the most money or were the most, you know, had the most success and achievements. It was the people who had tight social connections. Being connected with other human beings is what makes us happy. And I would say with animals, with our pets. Um, so that is so critical to invest in. And it's going to look different for every person. I don't have children, so it's not a connection with my children, but, you know, with like my parents, with my husband, with my friends, with my pets, and to, and to feel understood in those arenas. Mm -hmm. I don't think those social connections are as helpful if you feel really judged by them or if you feel unaccepted by them. It's the idea of feeling feeling that connection, that heart-to-heart -heart connection. And so it's worth forging that, you know, even despite the challenges of the pandemic, as you said, you know, people yeah. have, they had like Zoom happy hour, they had like a game right. night and- <laughs> We did we some weird stuff that. for a while, yeah. <laughs> we really need it. So let's talk about just trying something new in that aspect in your story, because, you know, whether that is switching jobs, like in your case, or getting more sleep, or, um, you know, somebody who may need to make more friends or create that circle, how do you go from one to the other? How do you make that change and say, okay, I'm going to try something new and really dive in, especially if it's something you're uncomfortable with, like maybe making a new friend circle? Yeah, I mean, I think it's really challenging. I think we need to connect with ourselves. We need to notice like, what's my, what is my deep desire and to recognize that that's valid enough and significant enough to act on. That was my experience with the job ultimately when I left was like, you know, the fact that I'm not enjoying it is, is actually enough. That's enough of a reason because this is my life and this is like the only one that I have. And so I think, I mean, and that's like a big change, but even a small change, like like trying to make new friends or changing your sleeping routine or adding exercise, I think it comes from like valuing the self first and, and giving that more importance than we're, we're used to giving it. And then start small and allow yourself to be imperfect like you're not going to be perfect out the gate. When I left that job, it's a, I thought I would leave that job and wake up the next day and be like, la, 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 skip through <laughs> the fairies, you know? And that was not the case. I yeah. felt really unmoored. I felt like, okay, crap. Like, what have I done? And what do I do now? So I think, and I didn't expect that, but now I know like that, you got to give yourself a little room. You give yourself room to mess up. You give yourself room to be imperfect. And, and then you build on it. But I do think it starts with sort of a, a, a self-love and a self-respect, as corny as that may sound, to just say, like, I'm I'm worth it. I'm worth this little change. And even if it's scary, I'm just going to take a little baby step in that direction. I'm going to give myself grace. It might take longer. It probably will take longer than mm -hmm. I think. It probably will be more challenging than I anticipate. But, but there's rewards on the other side. You know, there's that maxim that says growth happens outside your comfort zone. So just baby stepping it outside the comfort zone, I think is, uh, 
a good way to begin. So when you quit as an entertainment reporter, did you have a plan in place? I know people who may be, you know, in a similar situation as you, this isn't making me happy. This is actually, you know, hurting me in some ways that I never knew. Um, I need to make a change. Did you have a, a plan B, a plan in place that you went to before you quit the job? And I planned. I planned for a year. And even despite that planning, I felt like, as I said, I felt kind of upended by the actual change. And like, what do I do now? My day is so unstructured. And what am I supposed to do? And, you know, of course, it was like a, I didn't have a paycheck anymore. And right. so there was yeah, it was it was scary. And 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 I, I hadn't expected it. Like I like I said, I thought it would. I'd finish the job and be like, life is grand. All my time is mine. But but I felt a, a little bit lost. So it took it took a minute. Once I left, it took a minute. I had to get a lot of rest. I had to like kind of replenish myself and spend time with my family and things like that. And then gradually I started taking the baby steps that I'm talking about. Like, what would I want to do? Like, what right. are my interests? And how can I use the skills that I've that I've built over these last two decades to do something that would be more rewarding. And I think that's a big issue too. Why a lot of people maybe don't want to take that jump is because it is scary. The unknown is scary, especially if you've been in a job for 10 plus years and you've been doing something similar or if not the same and repetitive for that long. Um, so it is hard. And, and is it okay to know that this is going to be scary? <laughs> I think it's important to know that because otherwise I think you set yourself up for like the delusional perspective that I right. had, like everything's <laughs> going to be terrific. Yeah. Uh, I think it's important to know that it's going to be scary, but also important to know that it's going to be worth it. Like if you're like deepest self is saying this isn't right for me, or there might be something more, or, you know, I, I, I really feel like I want to try something different Then I think it's so important to honor that because our life is happening now. Like I didn't want to start living when I was retired. I wanted to, to see if I could do something now, but there's a risk, there's a risk. And it took me a couple of years to, to figure out my path, to find a new job mm -hmm. and to, you know, get certified as a health coach. And, and I still feel like I'm figuring it out, but, but what I don't have is the level of stress that I did in that previous job. And what I do have is a lot more rest and sort of, you know, the, the dimensions of wellness more in balance. Must feel good. You can take a breath and not have to worry about breaking news all the time. This job can be stressful. Yeah. Oh yes. And well, and I don't have to tune into the news. Like on weekends, right. I don't read news at all. Well, and we're not telling people not to tune into the news. I just want to be very clear. Please tune into the news, but you know what? Set, set reasonable. News. Set reasonable limits on your news absolutely. consumption if you find it upsetting. You know? Absolutely, absolutely. Um, I wanted to talk to you about kids, too. I know you do not personally have children, um, but trying something new for kids is such a huge deal. And I think probably in some of your um, studies, you probably talked about this, how to get your children to try something new. Because I feel like with kids especially, they try one thing, and if they're not immediately good at it, they don't want to do it. And maybe adults, too. Um so, so how do you get past that and say, you know, you don't have to be the best right away or you don't have to be the best? Is there, is there something we can be telling our kids specifically to get them to try new things? I think we can tell our kids and tell ourselves the same thing, which is let it be imperfect. You're a beginner. Let it be messy. And it, it, the, the achievement is making the effort and trying. The achievement is not I hit a home run or I you know ran a marathon or I won first prize. The achievement 
It's just trying it. And also you don't know what you like till you try it. So I'm the type of person who I used to say, oh, I don't like that food, even though I had never tasted it. <laughs> and then, you know, how would you ever know if you like it? So, right. so I think that allowing ourselves just room to be imperfect, just taking the pressure off see if you like it. If you don't like it, try something else. You know, yeah. you took a ballet lesson that wasn't for you. You know, maybe, maybe you'd rather play baseball, like just to sort of remove the pressure and allow it be, allow it to be an exploration, see what it's like instead of this, ha you know, this is going to be your thing. And now you have to be good at it. Cause I just feel like it's one of those things where, I mean, specifically I have a five-year-old, he tried soccer, hated it. But in my mind, I'm like, okay, we signed up we're going to do soccer. You got to finish it because we're not quitters. <laughs> and the poor right. kid is standing behind a tree crying. And it's like, where do you draw the line between like, you know, following through and teaching that with, with trying something new. And I think there's just a lot of elements in that. Oh, I think so too. Yeah. Cause you don't want to be a quitter. You don't want right. to be like, I tried it for five minutes. I'm yes, not into it. I'm yes. over it. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I think you gotta, it's, and it's harder with kids because kids don't really like know themselves yet. No. Right. And of course they're not so, going to be the best one yet. Right. Like, and I think that's discouraging too. Like give it time. You might like it later. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because he might like it later. Well, although right. I guess if he's crying behind the tree, that's like a good <laughs> indicator, but, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I think that I, I think that removing the pressure, whether that's pressure to perform a certain way or pressure to withstand the 10 week season or whatever right, it is right. like, a, you know, to, to just take the pressure off, allow it to be more of a discovery rather than some measure of your quality as a human being or your quality as an athlete or something like that. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Um, Sandy, this is our, one of our beginning podcasts here. We're starting off this new podcast better off. So as the expert, we were hoping you could give us some pep talks, some how to try something new. We're trying something new here. We're hoping we don't quit, right, Jason? Our producer's giving me the thumbs up. We're not going to quit. <laughs> but do you have any advice? I mean, just digging in. Even if you are staying in the same job, trying something new, um, what are some tips to just, just keep at it? To, do you have any words of wisdom for us? Well, thank you for asking. Well, I think that, you know, recognizing that this is, this is your life. This is not a dress rehearsal. This is not... Like my life starts after I lose 15 pounds. My life starts after I find a partner. My life starts when my kids are in high school. Like you, your life is happening now. There are no guarantees for the time that we get. So like, oh, be kind to yourself, be kind to yourself and then honor yourself. Like, what are you really curious about? How can you take a baby step in that direction? And it's worth it because this is your life and this is the only one that, that you get. So that is for me, I think has been really helpful to just, you know, I'm going to give it a shot. Give yourself, you know, baby, baby step it. I'm going to cook a different dish for dinner. I'm going to, yeah, I love that. I'm going to watch something I never normally watch. You know, as a writer, I used to get advice from a writing coach and he would be like, pick up magazines that you would like never normally read and just see what they're all about. Oh. So I think bringing that, that attitude to our lives and honoring our own curiosity and recognizing that our own curiosity is enough of an impetus. That's enough. It doesn't have to be what everybody else thinks is cool. That is fantastic. Um, you have a podcast, Inner Peace to Go, and you just started yeah. it in January. Do you feel like you were kind of delving into something newer even for you? <laughs> oh, 
Oh, yes. I mean, I had the interview, you know, I had interview experience for being a journalist all these years. But yes, the podcast is totally new for me. I'm way outside my comfort zone. <laughs> I'm talking about topics like this, which I love and I'm yeah. so interested in. So that that's really fun. But yeah, I it's I'm out of my comfort zone. I'm taking a chance. I learned how to edit, uh, you know, like it's all new. I'm posting on Instagram, which I never did. I'm posting videos of myself. I feel so self-conscious and, <laughs> and I'm just trying it. I'm just trying it. And so far it's been really exciting. It's given me a huge spring in my step just to be like, wow, I'm doing this. And, you know, I've had 12 episodes out and how cool is that? Like Very I never cool. did yeah. this before. So, so yes, it's, it's new. And I also don't have, I'm, I'm well, Part of me is like, it better be awesome. But I'm also trying to not put pressure on myself. Like, let me just do it. It's not going to be perfect. I never did it before. Of course, it's not going to be perfect. Right. And let me just see what happens with it. And so far, it's been, you know, it's been really exciting. I've gotten to meet a lot of people. I'm getting to have these conversations that I totally dig. And, and I hope that it's inspiring and helpful to other people to just consider that, that our mental wellness, that our sense of peace and equanimity is, is worth investing in. Absolutely. And I kind of want to go off on a tangent on something you just said about um, the magazine. Reach for a magazine that you wouldn't normally reach for. I think with social media now, we are all, especially like Facebook, you're seeing opinions of the people that share opinions with you. So they very rarely show you the opinions of other people. Do you think that kind of gets us stuck in our way too? Because we're constantly seeing affirmations of what we believe to be true with other people and there is no other opinion. I don't know if you see yeah. social media playing a role in that. I certainly do. We get in an echo chamber right? and, and then we just see our own opinions and our own views reflected back to us. And you know, this, there's like almost 8 billion people on the planet. There's a room for a lot of views, for a lot of types of experiences. And I think our life is enriched when we open our aperture to at least recognize that that exists. And it also creates more possibilities for us. I mean, maybe there's some type of like African dance or some, you know, East Asian dish that you can cook that you wouldn't know about if you're just living in your echo chamber or even different ways of thinking. Um, so I think that, to me, the richness of life is in its diversity of all types. And why not open ourselves to that? It's low commitment to just get a magazine or Absolutely. watch a movie you wouldn't normally watch and and just see. Maybe it totally turns you on to something. Maybe it inspires you to try something new or delve deeper into you know, Bollywood film or whatever right. it may be. Well, Sandy, we're going to wrap it up. Um, but we were thinking maybe you could just tell our listeners one thing that they can do new today? How? What's the first step they can take today? I know we've been talking uh, about baby steps. What's the key to a successful first baby step they can do today? Well, I would say, you know, put your hand on your heart for a second and just feel your feet on the ground or your butt in the chair and just know that like I'm here and I'm alive and my life is mine to live and that's an empowering thought and feeling. And from there, you can choose what to do next, but to just take a moment and, and have a moment of gratitude. Like, wow, I'm, I get this day. I get this moment. I'm big into tuning into myself. Cause I think I wasn't listening for a long time. And, and I think there's a lot of answers to be found there. Well, Sandy, I did not know you before 
but the you now is incredibly inspirational. So thank you so much for sharing thank everything you. with us today. We truly appreciate it. Where can people find you on social media, online? Oh, thank you. So I'm at, you know, Sandy on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, I have innerpeace2go.com as the website and the podcast is Inner Peace to Go wherever you get your podcasts. Amazing. Sandy Cohen, thank you so much for joining us and congrats on your journey. It sounds amazing. Thank you so much. I'm so honored to be here. Thank you. We appreciate it. Doing something new comes with its own mixed bag of emotions, but it turns out you can control what you pull out of that bag. Just remember to give yourself a chance, start small, and don't expect to be perfect. Better Off Balanced is a production of WGN News. Jason Cologne is the executive producer. Special thanks to Chip Brewster for helping us with our studio setup and Monica Zach for referring us to our guest, Sandy Cohen. I'm Sarah Jindra. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe to our show and tell a friend about it.